you click the button already? Now I click the button. Okay. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and thank you for tuning in to the third episode of Unadulterated with Phil and DJ. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, you want to jump right in, or you you got something else that you want to bring up first? We jumping right in? Yeah, I'll jump right in. All right. Where do you want to start? Do you have somewhere? Mm, Not really. Not really. All right. There's something that I meant to bring up last week, but didn't. So, my thing was on, I wanted to ask you about Breonna Taylor, the ruling in Breonna Taylor, the Breonna Taylor case, and then the responses to, I guess, people's responses on social media and how people on whatever side have been reacting to the news of Breonna Taylor. For those wondering, we are in the backseat of my car recording this week, so if you hear cars going by, (laughs) honking and whatnot, that is why. Um, But yeah, so initial responses or whatever, I don't know if you can talk into the top of your mic. I I feel like it's It's on the side. Yeah, It's somewhere. But anywho, so what were your initial, I guess, thoughts on the ruling of the Breonna Taylor case? The, the settlement of, I think it was $12 million, um, the ruling, and then people's responses and how people have been reacting to the case. Um, so, I mean, it's, what did they call it? Woven, um, what was the, what was he charged with? Uh, woven code? Uh, it starts with the W, wonton. Or uh, so, it's something one endangerment w o t o n and the way they described that was uh use of force or um an act of recklessness with disregard for human life and a potential outcome for death but l- like the way that that was tried in court was for the bullets that went through the apartment wall. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's like he got tried for every bullet that didn't hit Breonna Taylor. And all of those bullets didn't even make it. I was about to say, I don't think any of the bullets that even entered into her apartment at all were considered in this. As evidence, no. Right. But the fact that, so the fact that he fired and hit her did not make it as evidence. However, they were able to spin this whole thing as her boyfriend shooting as self-defense as evidence and they were able to say again like this is so flipping crazy they said an outcome of recklessness that has a potential to lead to death like and like that outcome like the recklessness did lead to death but that death wasn't like acknowledged in any capacity like that was so crazy um and i guess like you were saying like reactions like i don't know like i'll I'll be honest like i don't know like i was watching like i was watching the timeline i was watching cnn i was watching everything i could to get any update uh whenever whatever day they were making the decision mm-hmm. and like they said like it's gonna be a state of emergency national guards coming i was like oh well this is fucked like we already know it's about to be a no it's just like how bad of a no is it about to be and like like, he got diet manslaughter. Mm. 
like yeah. at least a manslaughter, you have to acknowledge that somebody was killed. That didn't happen. Like that's so crazy to me. Well, like you said, their evidence didn't show that it had nothing to do with the person who was actually harmed and murdered. It had to do with all the people who could have been harmed by bullets that flew astray. But that's the thing. Like, so like, did her body just not exist in the apartment? Like, like, it's just annoying. Like, I'm at a loss for words. I was listening to, um, I don't know. I was listening to Bomani Jones talk about it. And he was like, I just like, he's like, what'd y'all think was going to happen? Like, like no offense. It's like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you know, devil's advocate. I'm not trying to be anybody, but like, I'm, I can't emotionally involve myself with this shit anymore. And like, that's really the point I'm at. Like, like, I, I don't like being sad over this. Like, and I don't like being angry every day, but like this is like this is just starting to get old. And then I don't know. I ask a lot of like the black elderly people I know, like, well, how do y'all keep going on? Like, because everyone's like, oh, well, you know, it'll be better the next generation, the next generation. Like, I feel like that hope for hope is gone right now. Yeah, that's how I feel. And so it's like, I, that's not a good place to be in. So it's like emotionally, I have to separate from this. But I don't know if that's best of the situation either. And then, like, reactions, dude, no clue. Like, I don't know how else to react. Like, you're supposed to be upset. And then, like, it, it just shows, like, there's a lack of, of a complete disregard for how black people are treated in America. Especially black women. Yeah. Because, yeah, she, her, her, her death in this has absolutely no weight in the ruling of how this was played out. And if people weren't in the wrong and if they weren't guilty, then why are we having a payout of $12 million or a settlement? Yeah. That's a large sum of money to pay to a family to say, sorry that your child was killed, um, but we're going to give you this money so that we can just settle this case. And it's hard, like... mm. I guess that's my issue with the the judicial system of America. Like, the burden of of doubt that you have to prove in civil court and criminal court is so different. Mm-hmm. And you can get tried in something in civil court and reach a settlement and then get off in criminal court. But why is that the case? And that, that leads to moments like this where you can give somebody hush money or, like, you can get tried, be guilty, but not have to serve the time. Mm. And that's why I think, you know, it makes sense why we have double jeopardy. You can't be tried twice, but, like, sometimes, like, it's just wrong, you know? But it just, it goes back to a disregard for black women. Black lives, black sure, women. I get it. Because when I when I said reactions, I, I didn't mean necessarily our reactions, but the reactions of other people that I was, like when I was going and looking online and seeing how people were oh. reacting, people were, you know, again, always making excuses, never coming to the defense of the black woman or the black person to say, well, they were done wrong or whatever. It was always in defense of the police officers to say, well, it's unfortunate that she got shot, but it's because her boyfriend was shooting at the police officers. I don't remember, but okay. allegedly he only fired one shot. Yeah. Um, then they were saying, other people were saying, well, 
her her boyfriend is a drug dealer. So unfortunately, if you lay down yeah. with drug addicts and drug dealers, then you get what is you know I see that's you your mean, fault I because you yeah. Mean. So the reactions yeah, that yeah, other yeah. people were having to it was just um, I was flabbergasted yeah. in mind. But I don't know why I still get surprised by things like that because just I mean people keep showing us over and over who they are and how they feel about stuff, and they'll swear up and down that they're not racist or that they're not prejudiced, but then they go and say some foolish mess like that. And it's like, so all of a sudden, we're going to believe that her boyfriend was a drug dealer, which that's not. It was her ex, I believe. That was confirmed that it was her ex-boyfriend that was a drug dealer or dealing with drugs or something of that nature. Um, And then, again, we're just writing off her death. So, you know, oh, it's okay that it happened because she she dated a, a bad guy in the past, as if... No one on this face of the, on the face of the earth has ever had a bad relationship or dated someone right. that had questionable morals or questionable values as if what that person chooses to do in their life somehow reflects on you. The fact that she's no longer with him, tries to have no association with him, that doesn't matter because she dealt with him in the past. So somehow that squashes her character, squashes any um, credibility that she would have had to deserve life. So we feel better about ourselves by saying, well, you know, it sucks that it happened, but if she weren't dealing with that kind of people, it never would have happened to her. Like, what kind of bull crap yeah. is that? Okay, I got you. I thought you were asking that. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I didn't understand the question. Like, I don't really keep up with people that, I'm not going to say that I have different opinions, but, like, opinions I know are going to upset me. <laughs> like, I'm not going out of my way for that. So you're not saying people with different opinions. You're just saying people with... Opinions that are just straight yeah. up foolish, not, like and not even not even grounded, stuff. not even grounded in in not even facts or yeah or 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 Nothing. emotions that make any sense, but it, just grounded in foolery. If you're on the internet spewing hate, you're on a different internet than I'm on. Huh. Like that's it. I don't I don't run in those circles. I don't, and that's like that's my two cents. Like I'm not. I'm not looking to do back and forth online. I'm there to talk to my friends, look at whatever, but I don't need to flood my mind with stuff. I know that's going to piss me the hell off. Yeah. So, I mean, the worst reaction I saw, I saw it on a YouTube video. Jason Whitlock, he um, he had just got fired from Fox Sports. Mm. And, I mean, certified coon, like... Yeah, he, I don't really know how to describe him. Like, every black issue that's happened in America, he has taken a white stance. Like, whether it be literally anything. Mm. uh, Yeah, and this goes back, like, before Kaepernick. You know, like, he has been literally bowing down to the white man, using his platform to say, well, you know, if if this, then this, and this, and this. And he was like, you know, the way he said about Breonna Taylor was, she is not an innocent victim. And it's like, how can a victim be of guilt? <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, you shouldn't put yourself in these situations, you oh, know? Gosh. Like, you had this man deliver drugs. Like, you had this. It's like, yo, but there's no blood on her hands, you know? And, like, people really believe this, <laughs> like, and, like, you can just take that and run with it. But, like, my big takeaway from this is, like, a black person can't even die in peace. 
Mm. Like, let alone not even have justice, but, like, you can't even die in peace. Mm. Without your name still being smeared in the mud. Right. Like... Like, she's been in the ground. You know, like, y'all dug her up out of the ground just to run her through the mud again. Mm. What sense does that make? Black woman in America. Yep. Did you have anything else to say on that before I move on to something else? Yeah, because I don't want to spend too much time on that because I'll get I'll get real hot and heated if I if I dive too much into that today. No, I feel you. So there's some things that have happened in the past couple of weeks that we did not get around to talking about because we got off on tangents of other stuff, and I'm totally cool with that. But I wanted to go back to a couple of things because I think that in our environment, politically, um, as far as fighting for social justice and things like that, I think it's important to talk about those things as well. So obviously, unless you're living under a rock, everyone knows at this point that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the notorious RBG, has passed away. Um, I think we all know that there's been a lot of discourse between the Republican and Democratic Party as far as appointing a new Supreme Court justice to fill her spot um, because of the amount of time that's left up into the election. And then the words that people in the Republican Party have used in the past when it was Obama's turn to try and elect someone to the Supreme Court. Um, but I guess my question and my, my thinking right now is um, more so on the, well, I mean, give your thoughts on RBG, um, what you think this means for society and for culture now with everything that's going on, but then also What's most fascinating to me was her relationship with Justice Scalia. And I don't the know fact, her relationship with Scalia. Well, I looked, I mean, I didn't know much about either of them mm-hmm. before because I didn't, you know, pay much attention to them. But after she passed, I researched and looked more into them. And the cool thing about them is that they were as far on opposing sides when it came to issues and when it came to what they, how they voted, what they believed in. Um, but they were friends. They had a, like a genuine friendship, a love and a care for one another. And so when you look back, like when it was time to work and to come out on issues and stuff, they came out very much on their side and how they felt with issues. But when they were just out and about living life, you know, they like were friends and it, yeah. it was it was life and it was real life. It wasn't politics. And so it was cool to read about them and to learn more about them and their relationship and even see how they interacted when they were outside of the court and outside of political things just because there's so much crap that's going on in the world right now and it's so polarized and it's almost like how do you be friends with someone who is completely on the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to political matters or who should be the next president and things like that and I think that they the two of them and of course I don't know them personally so I can't speak on everything in their life, but at least from the example that we've seen from them, it looked like they were able to to show people what it looks like to have a genuine relationship and friendship with someone who is on the complete opposite polar end of how you believe and think, but to still treat them as a human being and to love them and to care about them. So I've said a lot, but your thoughts on, on any of that. So her passing, what this means for culture and society, the relationship between the two of them and 
being friends yeah. with people on polar opposite sides and how to coexist. So go. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, like you said, uh, on her passing, I definitely want to pay my respects to Justice Gator Ginsburg, uh, Bader Ginsburg's, and uh, Justice Scalia. I guess to talk society, uh, after Scalia passed away, there was a a hurdle that they didn't want a Democratic justice passed at the end of Obama's term in 16. Mm-hmm. And then currently in 20 at the end of Trump's term or before the election, uh, he's already appointed Justice Barrett. Mm-hmm. And with Justice Barrett in, we'll have a 6-3 conservative or Republican, however you want to call it, bench in the Supreme Court. And I guess, like, so, I mean, like, I don't know. I, like, long term down the road, you know, like, I don't know how much, like, this will affect America. Because you can, like, if you have a Supreme Court, like, they serve for life. Obviously, I feel like we all know that. I mean, how much of the Constitution, like, can they play with, you know? And then, depending who's in charge, what's get, what gets proposed, like, they can kind of have a field day. And not to get, like, real partisan, you know? But, like, the differing views are getting more and more different. And, like, the, the differentiation on the views of the different parties is getting, like, really freaking divisive. Like, hey, I believe this, but because I believe this, I'm going to do what I can to get this, and you can't ever have what you want. And now it's, like, at a point where, like, people can get what they want and make sure no one else can ever eat. Hmm. And so, like, that's a scary thought. And maybe that's me going worst-case scenario. It's 2020. Everything in 2020 seems to happen worst-case scenario right now. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I was reading about, like, like, how much, like, has the Supreme Court lost, like, its luster, if that makes sense? Mm-hmm. So, like, Justice Kavanaugh, he, what, I feel like Kavanaugh had the rape stuff come out. Like, everyone's just had stuff come out, and it's like, well, and again, like, you were, you're doing, you're like, you're reading the Constitution at your discretion off your knowledge, and you're coming to a conclusion and making amendments or making decisions as a group with eight other people, but what if it comes to a point that we don't believe y'all anymore? Mm. Then what? Like, and and I'm not saying like this is anti-government, but what if it gets to that point where clearly you have an agenda that's not the betterment for the country? And this is for anybody in politics in general. Like, I feel like, how do you try that? Because that's a, a very feasible outcome. The, the Supreme Court is supposed to be balanced, and it's not. I don't know. My two cents. I also think political parties are super stupid, and they weren't supposed to be a part of this American democracy from jump, but here we are. Yeah. It's... it's a, So, okay. Um, I mean, I already kind of said my, my spiel on Scalia and... Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg 
Mark's relationship outside of court and how they... Oh, yeah. Well, I guess being in a relationship, like you said, remember people are human. Right. And I was thinking about this today, like... I guess, like, being being human, like, you want to be attached to things. Like, that's an innate desire we have. So, like, oh, I'm listening to this song. Like, I want to find a way that I can relate this song to my life, whether it be emotional or whatever, but... Yeah, now that I can find a way to relate this song to me, this is going to be a song I throw on my playlist. Oh, damn, I just watched this movie, and it reminded me about this one time when I was a kid, and I wanted to do this and this and this. I really like this movie because I relate to it. But, like, those are really superficial things that we should be allowed to relate to. Like, relating and finding identity in politics is bad because it completely rewires your brain where, oh, well, I believe that, Mm, we should have gun rights, you know, which is fine. I like guns. I have guns. Well, then it's like, do I, I believe we should have gun rights and we should have gun rights because if you don't have guns, then you don't have A, B, C, and D. Well, like that's going overboard, you know, like it's okay to want something and not make that the end all be all of holistically who you are because you're still a person outside of your political affiliation. And I feel like that's gotten lost. I think, yeah, with when it comes to I think there's so many people taking everything to the extreme, like you just said, with gun rights. Um, I think it happens on both sides, but it's so ridiculous. Like the moment that someone says something about guns, all of a sudden the other party. Yeah. People want to say, oh, they want to take all of your guns away. And, you know, which I also own a firearm. Do I think that people should be buying any kind of firearm that they want, automatic and all sorts of clips and stuff. No, I, I don't think that your everyday Joe Schmo needs automatic weapons that can take down, you know, a military of people. Um, but do I think that we don't need to have guns at all? No. And so I get tired and frustrated when I see people come out and be like, oh, the liberals, they want to take all the guns away and they don't want you to be able to protect yourself and have rights. And then... You know, it could be any issue or, uh, you know, the left does the same thing with the right. The right will say one thing and then they'll take it to the extreme and be yep. like, oh, they, you know, want to do it this way. And they don't want to have any flexibility and they want to make it so that everything is buttoned mm-hmm. up and tight and this, this and that. And um, whether it's abortion or it's um, gay rights or whatever it may be. So it's so polarized on both sides. And I think both sides need to, to take a, to take a beat and just chill when it comes to demonizing the other side, when it comes to an issue and not like paint the whole party with a broad stroke of saying, Oh, well, you know, if, if, if this party wins, then all guns are going to be gone and they're going to take them up or, you know, all this is going to happen. And, I don't know. I'm having a hard time thinking of specific examples that apply to the right. But I mean, I know that the left is also guilty of doing the same thing. So, yeah, I guess like. Mm, Like immigration stuff, I think the left definitely blows out of proportion to a percent. But like. Ah, shit's hard to say because that's, that's another thing nobody wants open borders i have yet to hear yeah. anyone say open borders but that is always a talking point that oh if you're in favor of 
protecting and treating yeah. people who are um, from another country coming in, then all of a sudden that means that you want open borders and you just want to let everyone flood in and come in with no type yeah. of regulations. And clearly I have yet to hear anybody say anything like that. Even your furthest like leftist yeah. liberal, I've never heard anyone say that they just want to let any and everyone come in with so no type of stipulations. I don't know. Like it's politics is so weird, but you need to be able to look past political affiliation and just see people as human beings because that's that's where it really gets lost. Yeah. I feel like I had something else to say about uh, the justice system, and, but I can't remember. Um. Well, okay. Did you? Oh, go ahead. Did you have something you were gonna say? I guess I want to joke about Trump getting COVID. Oh no, <laughs> not joke. <laughs> I don't find it funny. I think. I mean, it is uh, extremely ironic. It's poetic. Let me say. <laughs> I'm not. I well, we already established last week that we are very different in how we think. Um, I. I think it's very rich and very interesting that he ended up with COVID. I'm surprised that it took this long. Um, See? <laughs> no, because, I mean, the way that he's been very lackadaisical about it from the beginning, I'm not surprised that it happened. I'm just surprised Isn't it took this kind long. kind of funny? That's what I'm saying. Funny I don't, doesn't mean he he ha ha but, you know, comedic. Oh, it's definitely ironic. Yeah. How, yeah. Um... And you saw the Chinese prime minister was tweeting about Trump? I did not see that. <laughs> was he saying some some off-the-wall stuff about him? I wish. <laughs> well, it's interesting that before this, we've heard Trump and his administration refer to it as the Chinese yeah. virus and the Wuhan flu and all this other stuff that clearly is very, at best, racially insensitive and tone deaf. Um, but I think we know it's a little bit more than that. Um, no, but once he got it, he referred to it as COVID. Yeah. He didn't want to refer to it, at least in my understanding as, yeah. you know, as the Chinese virus. Right. Um, but I, well, one, I would never wish anybody harm. And so I, I no, I don't. and I'm glad he's alive. I don't, I'm not wishing death right. on him, but yeah, come on. You, you got what comes around. That's it. You said it wasn't real, and then God proved to you, well, it is real, sir. Well, and I, I think that the doctors confirmed that he's on some, like, super strong steroids, and so and then, the way that he's feeling and saying that he's feeling might not be true of how his body is actually reacting, and so no. we're only a couple of days in, so there's still a chance that he could have adverse effects to the medicine or to the virus in general, and so all I know is that I want him to be well. I don't want anything bad to happen to him, I definitely would never want no, for him to get sick and die from this. We don't want him to die. We need him to be able to debate and be a part of this election. I want there to be a fair election. Um, well, even if he's not... Okay, so let's keep going to that point, right? So he just left Watts Reed Medal, uh, Memorial. Mm -hmm. To go back to the White House? Yeah, but like he's been on supplemental oxygen so like he's been on oxygen tank taking antibiotics there and i think they said he was on oxygen twice on friday and then anabolical? on saturday anabolical steroids what's the word Anab 
we're gonna skip over it because whatever. <laughs> but taking steroids and like does not look well, right? So hypothetical world or real world, but worst case scenario, if Trump is unable to continue being president under his own power, the twenty fifth amendment of the Constitution strips him of that power, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know, if he were in office and to pass, God forbid, Pence would take over. But then also, if he were in office and then he is bedridden on COVID or slips into a coma, like, they will take a vote and give the power to uh, Pence. And, like, when he comes back, he won't have that power. Like, Pence will be the finish president. the term. Right. Correct. And then he could be vice. But which like, is why I believe he's fighting so hard because he's not trying to to relinquish any power or to, yeah so. But if that's the case and he slips, then like, come election time, we could get Pence and then turn around and get Trump and run it really for twelve years. Ooh, I hadn't even thought about that. I'm telling you, I'm always thinking about something. But that would be. A t- t- yeah, Quiet as it's kept. That would be a really. That's exactly what that's what the, the Russian really the long play. No, I but know. that's what they did in Russia because I mean Putin has been in power for I think seventeen years now, and to break it up so it didn't look like he was in power for longer than he's supposed to be. Although they keep extending it, they literally had someone else become president and he was prime minister for the four years and Medvedev was the uh, the president for four years and then once that four year term was up, then they switched back. So it's like, oh, well, you know, he hasn't been president that whole time. I hadn't even thought about that in our case, but it's... It, mm. Yep. And guess what? That's some stuff. Ain't Putin and Trump like homeboys or something? I don't know, but allegedly... Book it. I think they're homeboys. I don't DJ's know if they're homeboys. They might not be... No, they might not be friends, but there's something mm-hmm. deeper than people know going on there. Whether it's blackmail, whether it's friendship, there's something... All I know is nobody on. talks to Putin like that. No one is in cahoots with him. So for y'all to be that kind of tight, come on, DJ. Like I said, I don't know. Nah. If it, like I said, I don't know if it's a friendship or if it's blackmail that Putin has over Trump. But there's something going on there. Well, clearly, Blackdale doesn't matter though, because they aired out all of Trump stuff with Epstein, and he's still alive, walking, not impeached again. Back to the cancel culture. You. <laughs> Life ain't gonna cancel you until the people with the power decide to cancel you. So clearly, nobody wanted Trump canceled because if they did, he would have been canceled. No, but you can be out here getting into a fist fight, getting into a fist fight over who gets to rape a 13 year old girl. And y'all still support him. Tell me that, DJ. Mm-mm. But then look, and then you tell him, well, oh, well, Trump's a pedophile. I don't wanna talk about that. So what do you want to talk about? Mm-mm. Well, Trump's a racist. Well, so? I'm not. Okay. I don't know. I just. Well, that goes back to voting on issues. But then there's also people that can, on the other side, say, well, Joe Biden has also been accused of pedophilia. I mean, they're, they've got him on tape, like, sniffing girls' hair while he's standing in front of them. Now, I don't think that sniffing... uh, Yeah. I'm not saying anybody's So, I mean, you can't use the pedophilia and not come to Trump with that, or sorry, not go to Biden with that too, because 
they got him on video, you know, all up in somebody's scalp, getting all that herbal essence and stuff in his nostrils. And like, they know that Joe, he's a real touchy feely person. And that has gotten him in trouble too. Not necessarily, I don't, we don't know whether or not that's been like, actually, it's all alleged, mm. but when your little fingers get to touching people, yeah, you, you can't get just yourself be in touching trouble. Everything. Or everybody. So, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Because between the two of them, there's a long list of mess yeah. in, both of their, in both of their pockets. Mess on all sorts of stuff. Even Biden has a, a past when it comes to, to saying racist stuff and racially yeah. insensitive stuff. But that goes back to like what I was saying last week. Is a person showing you that they're different and that they're changing? Or are they still, at least with Biden... Mm-hmm. I, well, but he also See, said if you you're, go. he also said not if that long ago, Trump, if you're you, not black, well, if you don't vote for, yeah, well, I forget exactly. But yeah, so he's still saying stuff that's yeah. a little off the wall. Um, so I don't know. They both have race issues, issues with racial matters. They both have issues when it comes to allegations on pedophilia, children, women, just in general being inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I I I, mm. I don't know about that one. They're both sick. So I don't know. Yeah, like I told people the other day, it doesn't matter. It matters who wins, but it doesn't matter because either way, neither one of them is the cream of the crop. Neither one of them is a great pick. Like people are like, oh, are you for Biden? No, I'm not. For- Biden was not my first pick or my second or third or fourth or fifth out of all of the candidates that were. Oh, bro. I was and let transition. Yang over And let Biden. me transition <laughs> while we were talking about picks and stuff. When they, you did you go back and watch the debates? Yes. Bruh, the, the moment that they both walked out there, why did they, and I'm not about shaming people because of age, but they both looked like they were struggling on the walk out there. They both look like they were struggling. And so why in America are we still in this place in 2020 where after all there, there was a wide range of different people, um, at least in the, in the Democrat, in the Democratic Party and the Republican, not so much, but in the Democratic Party, there were a lot of old ass Bernie Sanders. (laughs) (laughs) That's my guy. I'm saying we're we're in, we're in a new place. So why are we still only, why are we still only putting old white men on the ticket? Man, you like, wanted old white Bernie, but it was all, yeah. now we're with old white Trump and old so, white Sanders, so or not this. Sanders, uh, Biden. So when look. there were so many other people that could have been, we had Kamala Harris, we had Andrew Yang, Yo. we had Pete Buttigieg, we had. And I'm, so I'm saying like none of them are in their seventies. <laughs> so why in America do we always come back to the same? And people say, oh well, we had Obama for eight years okay so we had that one token no you ready but besides that token why are we always there were other white people so why are we only doing old white men because it's an old white man's country this country was made by old white men on the backs of black people of anybody that they could step on you ain't lying to this day this country is still made for old white men you ain't lying. Like, think about it. Even like me, as a young black man, I want Bernie Sanders. I want Bernie Sanders over Pete Buttigieg. I want Bernie Sanders over everybody. What, but, what has Bernie done for you? What do you like about Bernie? Free school, free health care, free weed. Free who? Yeah. 
You said we like the the video game system free we no free weed. <laughs> I didn't say it last time, and I'm not going to say it this time. But I'm not with you today. Yeah. Okay, but in in but but, but so from it. the other side, playing devil's advocate. But so what I'm what, saying is, what this, does he Bernie's... propose to pay for it besides taking rich people's money and taxing them? But that's all I'm saying. Because the rich I'm people saying, getting look, taxed aren't trying even to do me. That. I'm looking at the old white man as my candidate before I look at everybody else. Why? I wish I could make that make sense. Why is uh, but I, why I, is that the first thing that you look at before you look at I'm not else? saying that that's what qualifies him, but he's qualified because he has more life. He has more time. He's done all the things, but it's like, I feel like that's the American condition. Like you, you have to be well qualified, well versed. You have to know everything about everything. And then once you get there, you have your time on the top. But like AOC, that's my dog. Pete Buttigieg is a freaking dog. But I can't. When you say a dog, please clarify. You mean in a good yeah, sense or a bad yeah. sense? Yeah, he's out there getting it. Okay. But I can't say that, well, you're qualified to run the whole ass country. Not right now. Mm. Not when you got old ass people out here that know kind of what they're doing, but I don't know. Maybe the world's changing. Like, and I was talking to my friend about like, it, it is a young man's world, but I don't know if we're ready for a young man to be in charge, you know? Mm. But I. I don't know. I think the world's changing, but it's just too much. Okay, so one another thing that I meant to bring up last week, but I didn't, um, and we already touched on it a little bit, but I want to get a little bit deeper into it, mm-hmm. were the debates, Here if you can go. even call them that. Here we go. <laughs> So without even giving any type of context or anything to it, let's just say the the first presidential debate, what were your initial thoughts? Go. Unfiltered, unadulterated. What do you mean? Go. I'm not I'm not gonna ask you a specific question outside of what, what are your initial thoughts. So go. I mean I guess. Like I don't know. Oops, I guess. <laughs> are they what you dang, see I can't help yeah, but to ask that's a specific what I'm saying. question. Was it like, what you expected it to be? Because for me, I, I expected it to be that. That's what I'm saying. It's like, well, Trump doesn't really talk about nothing. Biden kind of has a dog shit platform. And he seemed like he was all over the place. Well, like he was, they said he was popping perks. And <laughs> Trump's ready for him to take the drug test. <laughs> Never popping perks. Before yeah. the, they said Biden uh, does not want to take a drug test. <laughs> I mean, he. I mean, r- real talk. He he looked like he was off and on something. Not even trying to be funny. Not trying to be mean. But he I, he couldn't seem to get his thoughts together. He and I'm not talking about the stutter because yeah, I'm here for life. the stutter all day. But he seemed like he was just a little bit off. The the issue is nothing happened, but we knew nothing was gonna happen. Like I'm not even disappointed. This was like I guess like. It, it just happened. Like it happened. It was so shitty, dude. <laughs> like I can't remember anything that happened except for like, and that's what sucks. Like, do you feel like Trump was this. not given? I'll say this: if it, if this wasn't 2020 and this happened in 2016, but this kind of did happen in 2016, like I would be happy laughing about this. But like, oh, like this is really where we're going. Like I don't even want to laugh about this anymore. Like, like that's what I say. It was funny. It but it. Like this is real politics. Do you feel like Trump us. was treated unfairly? What? 
Well, there I saw some people Man, in the comments that were saying that Chris Wallace was clearly biased and that he How wasn't. How is Chris Wallace biased? Well, the fact He's that a, you the fact that you work for Fox News doesn't mean that you're pro republic well I, I probably yeah, does but actually, it doesn't mean that you're pro trump because mm. well no because chris wallace he will he will speak truth about trump when trump does something good but he'll also call him on his stuff when he does which Correct. other fox people don't like right. your hannity and your uh Tucker i won't say Carlson. always because yeah no, they Tucker sometimes Carlson. they will say stuff but 99 percent of the time it's always going to be in favor and pro trump um wallace is someone who is not necessarily and he's more you know, he's going to ask the hard questions, even if it's uncomfortable and it doesn't matter if it's going to make you look bad. He's going to ask the hard questions. But there were people that were saying that Chris Wallace was biased and that he wasn't letting Trump talk and that he was, which is kind of rich saying that someone wasn't letting Trump talk. Um, right. But I guess, yeah, some people were saying that Trump's cutting them off was a way to distract and to keep from, having to talk about anything substantial because if he kept interrupting and getting them all frustrated and stuff, then it kept them from actually getting to the the meat and potatoes of what they were trying to talk about with the issues of race, with the issues of um, COVID and how that has been dealt with and other things. Like that. And I guess other people were also saying like he was being unfair to Trump because of his line of questioning. But to me, no. I don't know. I would need to go back and watch previous debates with other presidents but i feel like in the middle of 2020 i don't know how like that's what i'm saying with the first debate when it's another when it's whether it's obama or whoever going up for re-election i feel like the first debate probably does have to have questions that are directed towards you as president and your leadership so we're in the middle of a pandemic and that's something that's very pressing that people want to know about the handling of the pandemic so it makes sense why that question would be asked we're in the middle of racial tensions being higher than they've been in a long time in this country. So it makes sense why there would be questions specifically asked about that. And if Trump had handled things differently with the pandemic and with racial relations, then maybe the questions wouldn't have been as pointed as they were. But because I don't know, I don't know. I don't know that many black people or people of color that would be like, yeah, Trump has handled race relations amazingly. And he gave him really easy questions. To your normal everyday person, yes, I would say that they are very simple hook and sinker questions. That's it. Like, there wasn't a lot of abstract idea to it. It wasn't, well, what is your plan to do A, B, C, and D? It was like, well, like, what is going on? Right. Like, you you should be able to to at least address what's going on. But you can't even do that. So Trump, he dug himself this hole. He hung himself with the rope he was given. Who never rope when we're talking about racism. Oh, me. <laughs> Ain't that ironic, too? They're still hanging us. So it's not a secret. No. But, yeah, like, I, again, I'm not sure what to say about this debate. Because, like you said, talking over each other, like like I said, not a single, not a, and I was talking to, um, and when he came for his son, that was low too. Yeah, like there wasn't that was uncalled for. There was nothing was, political was about this. Like was it was, it was some bull. Yeah, that was straight up nasty and low. But but that's but that's, that's your, what we expect. That's your guy. Don't don't call him my guy. Yeah, no. yeah. Don't call him my guy. Yeah. Neither one of them are my dudes. So it's okay. So hard stop on that one. Neither <laughs> one of them are my guys. So yeah. 
not claiming either of them. <laughs> Mm-mm. I can't, I won't, will not. That's your boy. Okay, so quick question. <laughs> also pivoting, but in the whole, since we're talking about race relations too. So obviously, me being a black man, you also being a black man, we're speaking out of personal experience. Sure. Emotion, whatever you want to call statistics, depending on what we're talking about. Um, but we're coming from our own life experience and perspective. So sometimes people who may not know us very well or may not be friends with us might be like, well, dang, y'all talk a lot about white people or y'all bash white people. Do you hate white people, Phil? <laughs> you know what? I had this conversation with myself yesterday. With yourself? Yeah, well, I talked to myself. That's I know it. you do. I know you do. But talk you... to me about it. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I guess. Um, so I was like, I don't know. I don't like thinking in absolutes because, like, nothing is ever 100% all of everything. You know? Does that make sense? Don't give me a Trump and Biden answer. No, give me a I'm yes not, or no. Just, just walk with me. Walk with me. Because okay. it's like, mm, I think in my head, I've conditioned myself to hate white people. Ooh, why? Because <laughs> they piss me the fuck off. <laughs> But it's like, it's not everybody because like I have some really solid friends and it's like, damn, like I love my people, but why y'all got to be white? And then it's like, damn, like why you got to be white. Never then. My family be pissing me off. I'm like, y'all niggas got it. <laughs> but then it's like your white family members. Hell yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I can't like I can't lump all of them together. That's bad. Like that's really bad, unhealthy thinking. So it's like I can be upset with all people that have. A, B, C, and D qualities or, like, find the crux of it all, which is, like, a lack of emotional intelligence or, I don't know, like, really backwards thinking. Like, there's different things, but those things aren't inherent to one race. So, so it's to like, sum that up, you do not hate white people. You hate traits that are in some white people that... Yeah, but I think I've, I'm working on, like, being less prejudiced and like being aggressive towards white people off rip because they be rubbing me wrong unless I know it's like guilty until proven not because it's like I just feel like all white people on some shit but I'm wrong for thinking that you know because if I know you then I know you but if I don't know you like the fuck you been on you know like that's interesting does that make sense I mean I I I I hear what you're saying just like with the police conversation last week i i hear you but i'm not with you i get it um <clears throat> i grew up in roswell literally like not even five minutes down the street from where we are because we're literally <laughs> we're sitting in front of the Publix, yeah where i worked at and across the street from roswell high school so where i went to school just so they can run up on us but i don't live over here anymore so nobody's gonna but run up on like, me oh you know what who's gonna pull up wait who's gonna pull up pull up <laughs> just wait no so i was gonna pull up oh is that where phil and dj were why bop and then they're gonna get you whatever nobody's trying to pull up because i might be no like yeah, that exactly. like that song like that song exactly. says try jesus don't try me because i swing and i fight which is not true because i've never <laughs> actually been in a physical altercation <laughs> but i promise you in 2020 if you try me instead of trying jesus you're gonna catch some hands so no don't try me, because I'm not here for it. I'm a, uh, I, 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 I changed after being in Russia nah. for seven years. Mm-mm. I don't play that mess anymore. Yo, pull up. I got to see this. Pull up. Pull up, because I'm not. Mm-mm. 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 
You uh-huh. want the smoke? I I, I don't Yo. want the smoke, but I can guarantee you if you blow Go the smoke ahead. in my face, I'm going to handle it. Because we're not going to know. So back to being um, no. calm, DJ. <laughs> See, because you, you were bringing out the, the, the fire in me. So <laughs> let me bring it back down. Okay. So what was I talking about? <laughs> why I hate white people? Whoa. Oh, so why? Okay. So yeah. I do not feel like I, I don't hate white people. I don't feel like I, I'm sure I do have some prejudice because I, it would be. Hate's just a strong word. Hate is a strong word. But so you should be able to say, no, I do not hate white people because that's a strong word. But it could be accurate. But to say prejudice, that's a different story. So that's can you saying. be prejudiced? Yes. Do I have prejudices? Of course, we all do. So anyone who's out there that says that you don't have prejudices, you're lying. Yeah. Okay. Because everybody has prejudices, whether or not you want to admit them is a different story. But we all have prejudices. We all look at people and whether we say it out loud or not, have thoughts and feelings about people or other races. So we need to be intellectually honest with ourselves and with others and not try to act like it's not. We're going to call a spade a spade. So, oh, that's what I was saying. We're in Roswell where I grew up. (laughs) So I grew up around um, and I don't I don't I don't know your full story. Sure. And so I don't know where you went to school and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I went to Roswell High School up until I was I was surrounded by white people my whole life. Um, up until outside of my family and my cousins, up until middle school, there weren't many black people in my school mm. because before that, there weren't they didn't have the charter programs, and so. If you didn't live within like a five or 10 minute radius of the school, you didn't go to that school. And so I was used to being the only black kid in the class. It was a it was a huge thing. If there were two black people, like when I go back and look at pictures and I'm like, oh, my gosh, there was another black person in my school picture. I'm like, wow. (laughs) Hey, diversity. Yay. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, we just did not have black people or Hispanic people or Asian people like you would have one like, if you had two people that were non-white, I'm telling you, it was a big deal. So in middle school is when they started, or at least when my school started the charter programs, where they would um, have buses that would bring people up from South County. So uh, College Park and yeah. East Point. And so that was my, my first introduction to black people in large numbers outside of my family members. And so... You were hype, huh? I was because I was like, oh, my gosh, like, these are my people. Right. But at the same time, I wasn't because I was like, I already this have my different. people and it's yeah. different. So it was kind of an identity thing trying to figure out where I fit in. And I mean, I even changed the way I dress because I started wearing FUBU, Fat mm-hmm. Albert. Mark Echo hoodies. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, like I was going through this identity crisis trying to figure because I'm like, my whole life I've been around nothing but white people. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, one or two black people. And so it was like everything was different. But anyways, um, so I don't I don't feel like I've ever had a reason to harbor anger against white people as a race. Now, like you said, there are certain people who are white, who think a certain way or act a certain way that I most definitely am not cool with. Um but again, like I said last week, I'm such a forgiving person that even when people do me wrong and dog me, like I'm still 
forgiving you. I'm still giving you 50 chances before I write you off. And so I, well, I don't want to say I'm because I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I just, I, I don't, I'm not quick to write people off. I'm not quick to anger. I'm not. So if I'm telling you to pull up, I'm telling you that's, that's serious. Cause I don't, it takes me a lot to get from point A to point B. So if I'm ready for you to pull up, it's cause you've done a whole, whole heck of a lot to get me in a bad state. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. Like I have, I also have white family members and yeah. I love them to death. I think they get it though. The one, yeah. I don't know about your family, but the ones in my family, they get it because they're married to black people. And so they, they have children who are mixed. And so they see what it's like for their children to be treated differently than, than other people. They see what it's like for their, their husband or their wife to be out in public with them and the way that they get looks depending on where they are. Some places, you know, you can be a mixed couple, an interracial couple, and you don't have any type of, you know, you just feel normal. Yeah. But then there's other places in America that you can go and you get death stares. Yeah. Sometimes people even bold enough to come up to you and say stuff and, you know, go to the white person in the relationship and just be like, you're such a disgrace. How could you? I mean, it's crazy the amount of racism that still exists in this country. So the people who try to act like racism doesn't exist or that America is such a, 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 a you know, non-racist country that just affords everyone the same opportunities, they're either lying to themselves, they're under a rock, or they just have no clue how things actually function. Yeah. No clue how things actually function. And if your ears are standing up at attention because you think I'm talking to you, it's probably because I am. I won't say no names, but you know. <laughs> Carry on. No, because I'm just, yeah. I, I, I get, it's, it's exhausting. <laughs> like, back to the whole Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Scalia and being friends with people. Like I can be friends with people who have opposing views. We can we can talk right. about issues and stuff, but when you want to tell me that racism doesn't exist and like I just, I don't know, there's a real thin line when it comes to racism because of my own personal experiences and you invalidating my personal experiences and telling me that maybe it was just the person was having a bad day or maybe they're just a jerk when I just told you a story about how yeah. they literally treated everyone in front of me that was white completely different than the way they treated me but somehow you want to justify it and say that oh maybe they're just having a bad, they're just day, having a bad day so why did they start having a bad day when they started interacting with me but the five white people that were in front of me mm. they were having a great chipper day and I'll, I'll tell that right. story a different time because I've been talking a lot so right. I'm passing it off to you what you got to say because I'm about to tell people to pull up again I don't know about which about which because I got like six stories cooking right now all right, well, I don't know. Go wherever you want to go. Because you were talking about, uh, like, interracial couples. Okay, start there. Start there. Up, identity crisis. Start there because, okay, because you, I mean, you've, you you call yourself a black man. Yeah. So I'm you biracial. identify, but you yeah. are biracial. Yeah. One of your parents is black and the other yeah. parent is white. My dad was black. My mom is white. Um So what is that, what has that meant oh, for you man. in America because obviously my experience growing up as a black man is different than your experience growing up as a black man in America. <laughs> but okay. you're still not a white man in America. Right. So so talk to me. What, what does that look like for you? All right. So I'll never forget this. Um, yo, so I ran the numbers on it, right? 
Um, I mean, I guess, okay, I grew up Roswell, Alpharetta, um, played sports my whole life, so I was always around black people, and then in school, eh, I don't know, I'm me, I'm like the funny guy, like, kind of do dumb stuff, get in trouble, kinda but, do dumb stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did a lot of dumb stuff, carry on, but I mean, I don't know, whatever, but a lot of, around white people all the time, but I always realize, like, man, like, I just have more more fun, like, when I'm around black people, like, we get it, like, those are always, like, my closest friends, and then I, like, had an identity crisis, like, during high school, and I was like, all right, forget all this, like, I'm gonna do the whole emo goth thing, and, like, I had a bunch of fun, but I didn't see a black person, like, slick for, like, six years. I remember the pictures you showed me <laughs> when you were going through that phase, and what I, you would do to like, your hair. I'm telling you, I didn't see a single black person for, I swear, like, six years outside of my family. And then I talked to my family, I was like, yo, like, cousin, I'm going through it, but we here, you know? And now it's like, you know, like, it just came to, like, a super big realization, because I was trying to figure out, like, am I black or am I white? Am I black or am I white? Any hooser. Um, okay, so, like, interracial stuff. Okay, doing the numbers. So, check this, like, one of, like, the first, first memories... I, I have of like race because I, I mean I guess I'm like you know growing up biracial like I, I heard about race a lot I think that's just how my dad was he was he was very informed on this and he told me he was like you know um I mean the whole uh, the shit we talked about last week you know like you have to do twice as much whatever whatever and I like I realized like I'm black but then I realized like my mom's white and then like we were talking in class about the three-fifths compromise and talking about, like, how plantation owners would have babies with the enslaved. And, like, I was like, okay, like, I'm looking at all this biracial shit, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then I was thinking, I was like, dude, like, if they saw me, like, they would hate me the most. Like, why would you, you mutt, like, come out of this white woman? Like, get the fuck out of here. And so I was like, damn, that's crazy, because, like, that's how they treated people. It's like, damn. And I was like, that's me. And then I was like, damn, the three-fifths compromise was like, well, like the white side of me doesn't exist, right? Because the one drop rule. Mm-hmm. But if I'm only three-fifths of a man, but only half black, I'm only 1.5 tenths of a man. That's crazy. And I'm like, do that math. <laughs> and I was like doing this math. And like, I was like, yo, like, <laughs> I fucking hate America. <laughs> but I was like, like, why is race so crazy? And then um, mm-hmm. like the, the, the weirdest, well, I don't know, not the weirdest story, but like, I guess more honest, right? Less jokes. And, okay, well, okay. Fourth grade, fourth grade, we were playing football in the schoolyard, whatever, I don't know, the field, the field, the playground, somewhere. Mm -hmm. And this dude came up and he was like, all right, let's play. And he was like, let's play whites versus blacks. And I was like, that's fucking crazy. (laughs) Like... You dead ass said that Wait, right now. No, you dead ass. Said He's not that. talking about the color of your shirts, not, not like skins and, and nah. shirts. He said, "Let's play whites versus blacks." Yeah. Wow, the nerve of people in fourth grade. Yeah. So, how old are you in fourth grade? You're what, like two? seven, eight, like eight or nine in fourth grade? Yeah. And this dude is talking about some. Let's play. Wow. Okay, parents, good job on raising that kid. Yeah, I mean. Luckily, like, everyone on my team, like, we all played football together, like, at the park. Like, we played league football, so, like, he got ran, but it was, like, we really sat there. We were, like, this is what we're doing today, you know? Like, like we all take the same social studies class. We know what this means. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> what the fuck? 
And then, um, I don't know, when I was little, well, no, no, not when I was little, before I was born, when my, my sister was probably in middle school or high school, um, my parents were married and lived in the neighborhood, and this dude came in the house and spray painted all on the driveway, you know, nigger lover, you know, leave nigger, like, all this stuff, and it was like, that's just... Like my dad like had to scrub it out the driveway and he saw the guy and you know he ended up clocking him and like made him clean the rest. But it's like that's you're made aware of who you are. And if you're not, like, trust me, like it will come. Like your day will come where they put you in the place they want you to be in. It's just what do you do? You know, like you can't you can't sit there and take it. And like that's I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I, mm. But yeah, I commend people I in interracial relationships. I got, it's a lot. I can't even say anything on that because that got me in my feels right now. Yeah. Wow. And then I mean, but that, there's a lot of stories of that. I mean, I grew up like my dad was black, you know. So like, and me and him were we were tight, so we would talk about stuff. And he was like, you know, like we were at the townhouse and we were at the pool, and like this dude ran up and he was like, you know, like why are you with this woman? It's like, well, this is my wife. No, you need to get away from her. I was like. And, like, he had to, like, fight somebody just so he could go swimming with my mom. Wow. Like. And we're not talking 50, 60, 70 years ago. No, this was, like, the early 90s, late 90s. Okay, so we're talking pretty pretty recently in terms of, yeah. like, when people try to say racism is, is a thing of the past and it sure. died with slavery or Yo, I mean, Jim even Crow. this. I mean, I don't know how deep you want to go. Like I said, I grew up in the suburbs. I've dated a lot of white women. I was talking to this girl mm, probably late last year, earlier this year. I was like, yo, you know, like maybe we should go on some dates sometimes, but I know who I am. So like, I like getting involved with people. I want to know their family. And I was like, hey, like, I know you're white. Like, have you dated a black guy before? No, not really. And I was like, okay, like medium red flag. And I was like, you know, like, what do you think about this? She's like, it's cool, whatever. And I was like, okay, so like, you're not aware of like what all this entails. Double red flag. And so I was like, would your folks be cool if you dated a black guy? And she was like, nope. Mm. And I was like, but this is, this is, again, 2020, 2019, semi-recent, hella recent. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this is real life. Like, I don't know what to say to that. There, there is nothing to say to it because racism is very alive and prevalent. And regardless of whether you experience it yourself, being a non-person of color does not invalidate the fact that it still does exist and the fact that it is very real, that it plays into some people's lives on a daily basis. Some people, I mean, there's sense of life where I don't feel racism coming at me and where I can be like, oh yeah, life is good. But there's also people who experience it on a regular basis, whether it's at work, whether it's when they go to the grocery store, depending on where they live, whether it's their neighbors who are giving them a side eye because they live in their neighborhood. And, you know, mm -hmm. I was fortunate and lucky to grow up in a neighborhood where, like I said, most everybody was white. There was one other black family in my neighborhood in a house that, ha or in a, in a neighborhood that has probably 30 houses. Mm -hmm. um, and those people in that neighborhood were so cool and so down like I I never felt like I didn't belong right 
the other the other families in there, but, they they took me in. I felt like I was one of their children. We took their kids in, and they felt like brothers of mine. And so I didn't grow up feeling that I was different. It wasn't until, like I said, until about middle school when I started realizing that, hmm, this is interesting that they're having to bring black people from South County up because where I live, there aren't that many black people at the time that live in the houses around here that can go to the school because it's only a five minute drive from their house. And so that was when for the first time in my life, it started making sense to me where, where, you know, because I did not, like I said, I I had, I had second mothers in my neighborhood that, you know, when, when it was time to go to the the cabin up in North Georgia, they would take me with them. And I, I was one of their sons and they treated me like one of their sons. And if anyone ever looked at me a certain way or, you know, said something, they would issue. have been telling them to pull up because right. they would have been ready to fight for me as if I was their own. And so I was very protected and I'm so thankful for those. People. And I'm still, you know, connected and in communication with the, those neighbors, even, you know, 30 years later. Um, and we've even had some of these conversations about how, you know, that they were like mama bears to me. And so right. I appreciate that. And so back to like prejudice against white people and, you know, disdain and disliking white people. I don't dislike white people um there are people that i dislike but there are people in any race that i dislike and it's not because of their race it's because of their personal values morals how they choose to act or live out their life i guess i'm apprehensive because when i saw that video when the coronavirus was hitting and there was there were black people going after that asian man i was equally upset at them like that's wrong what, what, what are you thinking like how dare you go after an asian person telling them that that it's their fault that the the virus is here and stuff like it was just it was disgusting and despicable so i will come for you wrong regardless wrong of wrong what race you are i don't care if you black white mexican puerto rican um vietnamese korean right, indian in. Like, I'm trying not to leave anybody out, but I will come out for any and everyone if you are out there treating other people wrong, because I am not for, I'm for the underdog. Okay. 11 times out of 10, I am for the underdog. Okay. So if you were were treating someone wrong, I don't care if you're my family member, I will call you out as a family member and tell you that you are in the wrong for coming after somebody. I don't care who you are, what your status is, what race you are. Don't come for somebody. Come correct. Okay. One thing I tell people all the time is that I don't understand hate. I don't understand hate, whether it's in the terms of racism, whether it's in the terms of sexism, whether it's in the terms of ableism, ageism, any of your isms, whether it's hate against gay people. I don't understand how people can hate someone else because of the, the, the color of skin that they were born in, because of the way that their body, you know, when it comes to ableism, I can't understand hating people because of who they love. 99% of the time, all these things, none of it affects the person that's hating, except for the fact that they just have hate in their heart and they just want to be mad at someone. So I just, I don't Mm. understand hate. I don't understand. I just, I I don't get it. Like if someone comes up and punches you, sure. Okay. I understand why you're upset at that person. You have, Valid reasons to be upset at that person because they just came up and clocked you in your face. But if someone's just living their life, loving who they want to love, living in their skin, 
Okay. Uh, speaking a language that is from a country that is not this one. Speaking right. to their family members, speaking to their friends. Yeah. Who are you to be upset at someone else for living their life when it has Candy. nothing to do with you, when it affects you not even in the least bit? So that's the, those are the people that I have an issue with. I don't care what color you are, where okay. you come from. Yeah. No, tell them again. No, hard stop. I'm done because I'm about to have to call people to pull up again. I'm tired of telling people to pull up. My driveway ain't big enough for this many people to pull up, so I'm done. That's why you got two driveways. I do have two driveways, but I don't want them pulling up in my driveway. Keep, keep your mess on the street because I don't want you getting on my property. That's just that. So, yeah. Don't even put your tire tracks on my driveways. Oh, shit. Next. I'm done. If you have anything else you want to add, then go ahead. But I'm 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 a I'm gonna put a cap on it for today. Oh man, DJ's so funny. Well, I appreciate y'all listening. And if you stayed this long, I just want to tell you good night and yes, enjoy the rest you of your for- day. Why? <laughs> you do that to get you do that to piss me off. <laughs> y'all, like I said in the beginning, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. You didn't say good night, you save good night for me. <laughs> And why you start with good night? You can't. You put good night at the end. Why? So we say good morning in the beginning? You did say good morning. In the I beginning. said all of them in the because you never know when someone's listening. And now I'm saying good night. Whatever. Goodbye. <laughs> How about that? That's the good that we need to say. Goodbye. Good night. Love one another. Spread more love. Spread more peace. Spread more understanding. And be honest. Read more books and find yes. something that makes you happy. Yes. Find more peace in this world. Find inner peace. And then if you mad, be mad. But don't let it fester. Go take care of your business. Yes. Good night and again. check on your friends and their no, mental state. No, don't yes. check on them. Wait, we're not checking on friends? Nah, check no, on. we're checking check it on Check on yourself first. Che- I, absolutely. Check on yourself first. Make sure you're in a good place. And, and then check on the people in your life. fake, so don't check on them. Ooh. <laughs> Saving that for next week. Signing off. Bye, y'all. <laughs>